Kevin, you're uh, here again. I am. I'm sorry. With a well, yeah, not as sorry as I am, buddy. But again, <laughs> I get reminded of my name. And uh, you know, before you said the stuff about the AutoZone, I was hoping when you said taking the bots in for their checkups, that meant that at least Cbot was going to be put down. Get in the zone. Uh, well, I mean, we can try. I don't think he can die. <laughs> I will never die. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a real motherfucker. He is a a a, a fucker of mothers. Well, yes. I and as you know, I only agreed to come on this because you said he was going to be. You and him checking. do not get along very well. No, fuck so. him. Sorry, I'm over. I'm over. And it, it costs fine. a lot to ship him out to Colorado just for him to. Take him to Does he complain about how he shipped? Does he have to be like first class? No, we just tell him it's first. We tell him it's first class. He doesn't have any idea. And he what just it is. is in a box. UPS says that if it happens another quote unquote incident, they're going to stop doing <laughs> it. So, well, uh, the final warning there. Yes, I'm sure he'll heed it. Kevin, yeah, got a question. Ready? Do aliens, UFOs, and the like grab your attention? Is this something I know? I mean, you're on this show and we talk about things, but mm-hmm. do you do they grab your attention or? Do you dismiss them usually when you hear about them in the news and stuff as, as nonsense or just something you're not interested in? Uh, for most of my life, I think it's been the latter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and uh, that's probably changing. Not to say that my belief about them changes, mm-hmm. but I also have to – I'm trying my best to understand that uh, you know objective, subjective reality, all of these things could – play a part in this and I don't know everything. So maybe I don't know shit about UFOs and aliens. So I'm much more maybe. open. Maybe. Maybe. I'm much more open to hearing about it than I was, say, when I uh, was in high school and I, got that's you know. gr- I mean, that is literally all I ask of like when I wanted to do this show, and I've also said like when when John and I started, mm-hmm. we were on polar sides of this thing where John didn't believe anything. And I probably believe more than I should. And we met in the middle, and that's why I wanted to get with David, as we were kind of in the middle of, after doing it, I became more s- suspicious of things and more believing of things in a good way, and so did John. There is always room for skepticism, but don't shut yourself off. Yeah, and it's real easy to do that, for sure, because it's one less thing optimistic to Optimistic skepticism. Think about it. Skeptically, skeptically optimistic. Well, I'm not optimistic about anything, bro. Well... Optimistic Prime. Mm. <laughs> Roll out if it's okay with you. <laughs> <laughs> How respectful. Uh, very respectful. But uh, speaking of respectful, we've got to be respectful for the time of our guest. And uh, we have someone joining us this week who is uh, fully grabbed yeah. by the UFO phenomenon, or the UAP phenomenon, as I should. One Mr. Ryan Sprague. Kevin, tell us about Ryan. Give us his 411. You got it, man. Ryan Sprague is the creator and host of Somewhere in the Skies podcast, which has hit, ready for this, number one on Apple Podcasts and was awarded Best UFO Podcast in 2021 and 2022 in the Paranormality Podcast Awards. We were winners also. <coughs> Excuse me. You okay? <clears throat> you got that throat. chicken, chicken yeah, bone? Chicken yeah, chicken bone. Mm. Uh, well, back to what you asked me to talk about. <laughs> he is a TV series regular on Ancient Aliens and a lead investigator and co-host of the hit CW series, Mysteries Decoded. He's also the author of the best-selling book, Somewhere in the Skies, A Human Approach to the UFO 
phenomenon, which was recently implemented into required reading for college courses at Webster University and Mercyhurst University. That is really fucking cool. That is cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to get my diary in to, yeah. as required reading, but they can't get the lock. They can't pick the, the lock on it. The only one that wants it is the FBI. It's weird. <laughs> uh, Sprague also writes for the science and defense news site, The Debrief. Speaking on UFOs, he has been interviewed on ABC News and 7 News Australia. Notice it wasn't Fox News like me, so screw this guy. Fox. God damn it, Brent. Fox. I'm not talking about you. Oh, I'm sorry. I get so, I get so confused. <laughs> may I continue? <laughs> you may. All right. The thank floor you. is yours. Thank, oh, is it? All right. <laughs> you know, Ryan's been featured in Vice, Newsweek, and the New York Post, as well as in various documentaries. He's consulted for Amblin Entertainment. That's Steven Spielberg's mm-hmm. company, buddy. Entertainment One and Discovery Plus, which I think we just call Max now. Yeah. And now get to the good part. Get to the good part. All right. All right. Uh, Oh. And he has spoken on panels at events with Brent Hand. So you know he is legit, and you can forget all that other crap I said before that. I didn't write that that part. I didn't write that part. (laughs) God, I strenuously object. I'm calling my attorney. Born, but Ryan was born and raised in uh, New York. He currently resides, get this. In Scotland, Ooh. which is cool as hell, and is a proud member of UAP Media UK. Yeah, that's cool. So he is legit, and he's so legit. Like I said, I've allowed him on stage with me at different things, including Alien Con. <sighs> that was a that's a dual sigh right that's there. That's right, baby. All right, we're gonna go to break real quick, and we come back. He's gonna class this joint up a little bit on Hysteria Fifty One. Thank God. Uh. Uh, uh, can we move to Scotland? Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I, that, I, I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone. We actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and Mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started for very limited time. Hysteria Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone. Dot com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. 
They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Oh. You know, Brent, the worst part of these breaks is that while the audience gets a break from you, I do not. I just sit and stare in silence while they, they don't realize that. Yeah, for four hours. They're, they they're four-hour breaks. Yeah, I think that gets lost in translation. Uh, Sofia Coppola? I do not blink, and it's very no, unsettling. No, it's, it's very people. weird. Probably because you don't have eyelids. Speaking of unsettling, Ryan Sprague is back on the show. Ryan! <laughs> what? <laughs> What's what, up, guys? What a triumphant entrance. How's it going? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I felt like I'm the next big thing in WWE. That was <laughs> hell of a way to open. Now I just have to live up to you it. You are trying to, to, to get on Kevin's good side, talking about I love wrestling. pro wrestling. Love hey, that. man, Money in the Bank, London, tomorrow. Are you oh, going? Nice. I I tried to get tickets. It sold out before I could get them. Yeah. And then I had the option to do the SmackDown, um, but I wasn't able to get that either. So oh, man, I'm clearly it wasn't meant to be. So, but, uh, so pretty time. much your worthless is their takeaway from that exchange. Oh, there. absolutely. Gotcha. I'm just another one of these saps <laughs> that's going to watch it on Peacock Plus or whatever. <laughs> well, uh, uh, speaking of London, you're not too far from there. You're in Scotland now. How the hell goes it? I asked you before we started, how are kilts treating you? How is the... The, the 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 clean dangle hanging, you know, or whatever you want to, the, the no panty pr- uh, brigade treating you. It is the most liberating thing ever, Brent. But, you know, we're not we're not 17, 18, 20 years old anymore. So I got to be careful with uh, how much little support I give down. There uh, you days, ain't lying. You, know? you ain't lying. There's the uh, some things never stop growing. We're not going to say what I'm talking about. That's as far as we're going with that. But Ryan. <laughs> Ryan is back on the show, and of course you're back because you've got a book out. You got another book because fuck all of us. You just keep writing books. It's kind of rude of you, but you know that's it is fine. kind of rude. I thank you, Brent. <laughs> uh, this so is, sorry. This is really cool. This book is a culmination of experiences from people of all walks of life, and uh, it's also a culmination of kind of like your life's passion, and that started when you were young and you had your own experience. I think we've talked about this before, and I haven't with Kevin on here. Can you give us a breakdown, like what happened when you're young and how it kind of drove you to this road in life? Yeah, sure. I've got my kind of Peter Parker moment to all this hmm. UFO stuff. <laughs> uh, I um, It was 1995 and I actually had my own personal, what I consider a UFO encounter. Uh, this happened in central New York and it was in the summer. And, you know, I go on this this like weekend getaway with my parents every summer. We looked forward to it where uh, we go stay at this this motel called the Fisherman's Wharf, again, up in central New York. And right off the the motel was a dock where you could fish or, you know, take your boats out over the St. Lawrence River. And uh, I would fish. I fished for hours. I loved it. You know, even at age 12, I was I was already an 80-year-old man out there with my <laughs> fishing pole. <laughs> and uh, it was getting dark one night after I was fishing, so I started reeling my line in, and I saw these, uh, what I thought were lights in the water. So I kind of bend over, look down in the water, and I realize it's a reflection. So I, uh, I flip over on the dock, and I was just staring straight up at uh, something. I'll never probably truly know what it was, but it... Uh, was by every definition a UFO. 
it was uh, three white lights in a perfect equilateral triangle and a red light in the middle, kind of this, you know, prototypical triangular UFO, as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do make it clear to people, I never saw like a machine or, you know, little gray or green men piloting yeah. this thing or anything like that. It was just a perfect formation, triangular formation of lights. And uh, I couldn't see anything behind it. And that's what kind of shook me you know the stars were out the moon was out but i couldn't see it they were all blocked out all of the stars in the like it's like they disappeared and all you saw were these lights you're saying that how big how big were these lights can you give us an idea of that so i you know i i tried you know this thing was so huge it was you know Bigger than a Walmart. Thank you. Thank you for chiming in <laughs> there, you, Travis. Travis Malton. <laughs> can, I can always depend on him, for sure. When when words fail me, there will always be Travis Walton. Sorry um, for letting him jump in there. I, I loved it, man. It probably won't be the last time either. But um, I would say it was not as big as a Walmart. Maybe the garden section of a Walmart. <laughs> oh, just the garden section? I mean, that's pretty just damn big. It's still pretty darn big. Um, but yeah, man, I, I couldn't tell you how high up it was or how big it's this It's so hard to speculate that was. stuff. Yeah. You know, I know everyone wants to know how big anything is, but when something's in the air, it's so hard to tell, you know, especially at night. Like, is it close? Is it far? You know, it's all speculation. Yeah, and I'm sure if it's something like sounds like something I've never seen, it, how do you quantify that, right? Right. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I was 12. I, I was clearly no aviation expert, but mm. I knew that whatever that thing was, like, it made no sound. That's not and I knew that was here. not right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that that was wrong in all, all you know, what I did know at that time. Planes made noise. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just, I didn't know what it was, and it terrified me. Uh, I kind of yelled or squealed, I should say, uh, for my father who was inside the motel watching a New York Yankees game, actually. And um, he, like, would not come outside until finally, like, I said, get out here, get out here. And he runs out. He thinks I fell in the water. Um, So once he gets to the edge of the dock, he saw it, too. So that's cool. Yeah, it was awesome, man. Like, I knew I had someone else there, let alone my father, my protector to be there. Um, But (laughs) <laughs> see, he almost of, didn't see it. Yankees running more shit for people. So I know, yeah. dude. Uh, <laughs> nothing would get him away from those baseball games, but this UFO did it, and we yeah. all saw it. Um, but he was just like me. He kind of just stood there paralyzed, staring up and not being able to really explain what we were looking at. And um that stayed with me. Mm-hmm. That kind of that look on my dad's face and knowing that he could not explained to his son kind of like what a was happening. defining moment in your life. You yeah, know? yeah well, exactly. And just playing off that real quick, there's kind of like, I've in talking to the people we've had in the past, talk about these things, there's like three ways people take it. There's the, huh, and they don't really care, which blows my mind. Mm-hmm. There's the people that don't want to talk about it. Like, I didn't see nothing, you know? Or there's like you where it's like, holy shit, this changes everything. And yes. I'm always... It fascinates me the way people go down e- any of those roads, you know, and uh, I'm glad you you picked the one you did, though. Oh, thanks, man. Well, yeah, and that's kind of where my my eventual work led me, which I'm sure we'll get to. But that reaction and response to these things is what intrigues me most. It's mm-hmm. it's like not even what the actual UFO is. Um, I mean, at that age, I didn't know what a UFO was. I, I hadn't read about them. I hadn't really seen movies or you know, the X-Files was just becoming a mm. thing back in yeah. 95 or whatever when I saw this. And um, I just had nothing to compare it to. So I kind of lived with that mystery for years after that of not knowing mm-hmm. and kind of being petrified. Like I had nightmares about that fucking triangle every single night. And it, it just started to really eat away at me. And I couldn't really talk to anyone yeah. about it. Like well, my that's friends made fun of me. Exactly. And, I haven't Uh, seen that, so I'm going to make you feel like shit. Yep, exactly. So it was a very lonely kind of um, adolescence. I'm not going to lie. Like I did sports, I went to school, and then I had this UFO thing in the back of my mind constantly. And eventually, you know, I started reading about it, books in the library, uh, early advent of the internet, AOL, Mm -hmm. chat rooms and all that stuff. And um, 
It was off to the races after that. Yeah. How, how long were you having these nightmares? And I might have missed you saying the exact timeline. Mm-hmm. So age 12 is when I had this sighting right. in the summer. Uh, I would say for about a year straight. Wow. Actually, I had almost that, every single That means night. it's just on in your mind, you know, right below the surface. You're trying, you're, your psyche's trying to figure out what that was or, mm-hmm. or make sense of it. And that's why you're doing that. That's cra- It's not crazy. It's realistic to think that that's a response, you know, because it doesn't matter if you're 12 or, or 50, when you see something you don't understand, you want to, well, hopefully you want to, you want to understand it. Right. And, and, and I now we all know it was just Starlink and you were just being crazy. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Damn you, Elon Musk. <laughs> so how long did it take you, would you say, to come forward with that info in the beginning, you know, to, to talk about it? And then B, decide that that's what you want to do to focus on, not just as research, but it's, it's become your life's career, I would even say. Yeah. So I kind of, um, I didn't talk about my personal UFO sighting to anyone, honestly. The only people who knew were my parents, uh, my grandfather, and, uh, you know, again, a couple of my friends who I told about it and they were the ones to kind of, you know, laugh it off Mm -hmm. and, and make fun of me about it. And I really did my UFO research, uh, secretly. Like, again, I, would go to the library, I take out like whatever the latest encyclopedia Brown book. (laughs) Yeah. You're, you're, you're hiding for it. What is he doing? Yeah, like my parents probably thought I was hiding like Why can't you just do boys. drugs like a normal kid? <laughs> yeah. It's but UFO books were my gateway drug. I I'm telling you, like those are the books I was hiding under the mattress and and and, and stuff I, like that. I remember reading Alien Agenda and being like, "Whoa." Like, you know, yeah. and that's a Jim Mars book and it's not perfect in any way, but that was an early one I remember reading and being like, "I really want to get into this." How old were you about do you recall? I uh, So, well, it wasn't the first book I read. I read that in college, and that was when I was like, I really want to, like, dip into this world of weird. Yeah. And I remember it was one of the first books like that that I read, like, twice. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, my first one was um, uh, Crash at Corona about yeah. the Roswell UFO crash. And that's when, like, again, just like you, Brent, my world just opened up because I'm like, okay, I saw a UFO. Fine. Other people have seen UFOs. Interesting. But they're crashing on our planet. Yeah, like that yeah. was a whole next level thing for me. And it just, again, I, I just became obsessed after that. And I actually, I conducted my first interview with a UFO witness one year later when I was 13. Wow. And uh, it was, that's when I knew that's what I wanted to do. It's not a competition, Dick. You can calm down. I know, I know. Well, I know. you're like, um, it's like uh, brag there. Judd Apatow, right? When he yeah, was a kid, he would yeah. like go interview comedians because he knew that's kind of what he wanted to do. There's a parallel there. And they, that's yeah, no, pretty that fucking really cool. cool. It was it was interesting, you know. And again, this was a Vietnam veteran, nonetheless, oh, who yeah, had yeah. A, uh, a UFO sighting over the Pacific Ocean during wartime. And I was the first and last person he ever told this to. Wow. Uh, he died like months after telling me this story. And like, again, I was 13. I didn't know what the hell to do with that information. Like it, it was, I was honored. Um, but I was also like, what the, what do I do now? So I did what any kid would do. I wrote a book report about it and I handed it mm-hmm. into my elementary school teacher. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of my, my outlet to get this information out there was to like one teacher and like 10 students. But it just grew and grew from there. And I started going around my city and interviewing people and then all over the country. And then eventually now some 30 plus years later, all over the world. And um, it's just been an incredible journey since then. Amen. Right. And to, to be able to see something that, well, a goal like that to fruition, maybe you didn't even realize as a goal, it was a kind of like a need, like I want to do this. I need to do this. And then to be able to do it is, is amazing. And then you, you've channeled this in the book. Is this your third book now? How yes, this will be my third, third. book. The first two are uh, the are kind of the same mm-hmm. book. Um, I revised the first one, yeah. added about 80,000 words. So it's basically a new book. I don't mm-hmm. know why I just didn't wow, write yeah, 80,000 words. Yeah. That's no joke. <laughs> That's like a whole book in itself. Right. I know. But um, this one that came out recently would be my third. Yes. So this one is, it's 
this one, I, I guess I want to ask how it came to reality. It's, it's something, is it something you wanted to do, you know, you had wanted to write for a long time? Or is this something that manifested because of all the numbers of experiences or experiencers that started coming to you and telling you their stories? Was it, uh, you know, the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart or whatever you want right. to call it? The, yeah, the, good, <laughs> the good hort question. Before the, the cart. The hort, the hort. They're very. I uh, hate when a, my hort gets in front of my cart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn hort. Always. Um, I mean, so I guess my work would eventually culminate into. Uh, into the book where I did travel around the United States and interview people in all walks of life about mm -hmm. their UFO sightings. And after that book came out, I can't tell you how many other people, more people came to me after that. I have with their own I UFO have an stories. I mean, how many, how yeah. great is that? You kind of right. became like an archivist of sorts, you know, yes. for better you know, or worse, I'm, uh, I'm against not, your will or not. <laughs> I know. I was thrust into this position, but, but I take a lot of, um, a lot of pride in that because many people, including myself, never had anywhere to go to really mm. tell these stories and not be judged about them. And also to not have someone try to tell you what you saw. Like I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not a MUFON field investigator. I'm not out there to debunk your sighting. That's not why I like you. Sorry. Thanks, man. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> throw, throw in some shade. No, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to hear the stories. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, and what I want to hear your became. story. Like, what did this do to you? What was your experience? And, kind of thing? Yeah, that's yeah. one of the things that I really, I think, makes the part, you know, the book work is even if you're not, say, into uh, UFOs or what do we call them now? I UAPs. UAPs. <laughs> uh, even if you're not into those, you can see that this is a community of people who have had experiences that for whatever reason, they have felt ashamed to share and they you can f almost feel the relief in their words as as uh, they are related in the book it, probably very much like you know a 12 year old ryan who's having that nightmare every night it's like finally i can tell somebody about this and people are going to take me seriously yeah right yes it's all about normalizing it i think and the more people who come forward the more this topic does become destigmatized i mean it is right now ufo's are bigger than ever, they're more uh, accepted widely more than ever, and you that's kind of where UFOs we're are at. Bigger than the Beatles, I think, is what you could say. You can eat a dick, Brent. He's a huge Beatles fan, so I got to get a barb <laughs> oh, in whenever I can. You're a piece so. of shit, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> you are Speaking right, though, which, man. And John Lennon had a UFO sighting himself. Sorry, had to had to yeah, squeeze that one in. There. Brent, <laughs> I did, actually that's a. It was a big. No, no, I can't. Stop. Make that joke. stop Never mind. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Ryan, I'm sorry. Uh, so you get all these people, they, they tell you their stories, or they've called in your left, you know, these things to your show, send them in. You've traveled, you've talked to people. How do you pick and choose? Like, what's the process for putting all these in the book when you have this vast catalog, if you want to call it that? And how did yeah. you, you settle on what you wanted to do? Right. Yeah. So um, for any of your listeners who don't know, I do, I run a podcast called Somewhere in the Skies where you can call in. And tell your UFO stories. And I've got at least 28, I think, volumes of this series now, where uh, each volume has like five to eight stories in them of people who've told me about their UFO encounters. And, and the occasional just mm, beautiful <clears throat> voiceover work on that show, I want to say to all the people that do the Yeah. I wonder who they, you might be referring to. No, finger see, on the names of Yeah, he's people. trying to get people to listen to it. You're <laughs> now you're pushing people away. I know. What bad marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I interrupted to no. plug myself. Keep going, no, sir. No. It's a Brent normal occurrence. can be heard in many episodes of Somewhere in the Skies, nice. guys. So, Screaming um, outside. Let me in. <laughs> It's like so, Zach Morris at the prompt. Yes. Sorry, I don't know where the fuck that came from. <laughs> Good. That was a deep, deep pull. I Thank you. It. I Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, I had an interesting night once with um, Dustin Diamond. Is that oh, his name? Oh, wow. Yeah, Screech. I had an interesting night with him in New York City before he unfortunately passed away. Um, that's a story for another time. Uh, I'll have to come on your Patreon <laughs> or something for yeah. to talk about that one. Um, but anyways, so... It, the book, the new book is 50 of what I consider the most compelling stories that have ever been submitted. Um, and when I say, you know, compelling, that doesn't take away from the other stories that have come in. These are just of the ones not. that yeah. I thought would really resonate 
with people and show that everyday person who has never thought about UFOs in, in like a serious way uh, to kind of look at it and be like, huh, th- there there must be something to this. So well, that's exactly it, what yeah. Kevin was saying, how he felt after reading this. Yeah, is, exactly. You know, I've never not that he hasn't. It's not in his wheelhouse. Let's put it that way. And then he was like, man, these are real people. Wow. You know. In fact, yeah. you pulled a quote. You yeah, know. I did. I So at the very beginning of the book, uh, Ryan, you have this quote from Thomas Folder, the 17th century clergyman, which is, seeing is believing, but feeling is truth. And, you know, I'm a skeptic on all things religion, uh, but I was quite interested in this quote. As an anxious person, now I've been told not to react to my emotions, yet this seems to endorse the emotional feeling we get, mm. which drives us to make decisions. Uh, do you read it the same way? I do. And actually, I'm so happy you brought up that quote because not a lot of people have asked me why I decided to include that in the book. And for me, that was kind of my um, my way of saying to the skeptics, like, just because you haven't seen a UFO doesn't mean, you know, they're not out there. And for the people who have seen them, uh, it's not so much even what they saw, but how they felt Mm-hmm. During the experience. Again, yeah. that's what I remember most about what I witnessed is not, you know, again, size of the craft or or what have you. It's how I felt during it and how I felt, how I came out on the other side from it. So that's kind of why I decided to put that quote in there. Not so much the religious aspect or anything like that, but that just just experiencing something, feeling it, uh, and having those emotions that you haven't maybe had before um, (laughs) can really drive you to make different choices, uh, whether in the moment or throughout your life. And look, I again, I never thought I would be talking to you guys in 2023 about UFOs. Like that was never on my mind when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a baseball player. Um, Hey, me too. Yeah. And but this drove me down a different path because Mm. of how I felt that night. On that dock in 1995. That's a really, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. And I like this, too, because it goes a couple of ways. Seeing is believing, but feeling is truth. Seeing things, and I, it becomes, you know, I believe this, I saw it, but I say this, too, when you're looking at things, I'll believe you because of the way you make me feel, one way or right. another. You know what I mean? Like, when, you, when you're talking to someone, now, I know that's not what you're doing in this book, but when you talk to people, you're like, I believe this person, or... This guy gives me a different feeling or this girl gives me a different feeling. Or what do you want to say? So I think that's an important quote. It, it, it's, it can be taken in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love quotes like that is because they can be, you know. Um, Absolutely. I don't know. This this might be an odd question or it might be like picking your favorite child. But do you have a favorite type of sighting or a phenomenon to research to get uh, letters or, or, or calls about or – just to hear from others. I, and I know that's a, a, a loaded question, but uh, you might have something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, what really stands out to me is uh, the weirder the story, the more I'm apt to quote unquote, believe it again. Like I don't, I don't go into any of these. Why would they make this up? Believing. Why would you even tell me this kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, again, like I get so many reports of, you know, flying saucers or triangles or lights in the sky, or if it's a close encounter experience, yeah. you know, it's the, the grays as they call them. So um, that makes when it like the, stand out to you above the crowd, so to speak kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like when I get a really unique story, that's when I'm like, wow. And there's one that really always stood out to me. Um, when I first started the podcast within the first couple of weeks of the show coming out, I had a, uh, a gentleman from Scotland reach out to me. And uh, he had a really interesting UFO sighting back in 1996. Uh, his name was Tommy. And he was, um, he was riding a bike home with a friend of his uh, from school. And they were heading down towards one of their houses. I don't remember whose. But they saw, like, in the middle of the road, um, y- you know how sometimes in, like, potholes in the road you'll see, like, an oil slick? Mm-hmm. You know, like kind of like gasoline collects there or whatnot. Um, so they thought that's what was in front of them. So they planned to go around it the closer they got. But as they got closer to the thing and tried to go around it, it got bigger. 
and it got <laughs> wider. Wow. And they're like, what the hell is going on here? Fucking so Venom, kinda, I knew it. I right? knew it. <laughs> oh, you know where this story is going. So basically, they stop on their bikes. This huge oil slick, as it were, mm. is growing and growing. And then it starts bubbling. And getting oh bigger and bigger and bigger. And yeah, like my mind immediately went to, oh my God, it's a symbiote. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like venom, in, venom incarnate. Um, but they watch this thing bubble, bubble, get bigger. And then not only is it getting bigger, it's starting to levitate off the ground. So whatever this, what they termed was a black blob, um, it wasn't just oil in like a pothole. Mm-hmm. It was levitating it was almost alive and it just starts getting higher and higher into the sky growing bigger and bigger and while this is going on they said they could smell the worst god-awful smell they've ever had in their entire lives coming from this thing um and then it starts almost electrifying like there was electricity coming off of this thing and like sending off sparks into the sky and it just keeps ascending, keeps ascending um, and just shoots up like into space. No kidding. Wow. And, and disappears out of sight. And it started just as a little oil slick spot in the road. Yeah, yeah man. We're talking like small enough that maybe a tire would, well, this, would go through a pot. This is yeah. uh, the perfect time for me to remind everyone, keep your bottle of Malort with the lid on it and do not spill it. <laughs> that's a really, that's a public service announcement. stuff like this happen yeah. all the time. I don't know if yep. you've ever had Malort, but you, if you have, you would understand that. Oh God, it's bad. <laughs> uh, we that are not is sponsored really, by Malort. Well, okay, so here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Any experience can be an incredibly stressful. We know that, you know, you know, so you, I don't, it's hard to say you're going to have a game plan, but I hope you do. And you're the one that talks to these people afterwards. And we all know that a game plan can go right out the window. But what should people try to remember or try to do if they find themselves in their own situation, be it like an oil slick like this or lights in the skies or insert whatever? Do you mm-hmm. have like, you know, some tips or tricks or whatever you want to call it? Absolutely. I mean, I kind of go to like the MUFON field investigators mm-hmm. guide like 101 like obviously uh, especially now in 2023 i mean this black blob of fife scotland thing happened back in 96 so mm-hmm. obviously they didn't have a cell phone but come on guys like it's 2023 if if ufos are really being seen all over the place we should be getting much more photos and yeah. videos of them and so always that- remember Keep it vertical, yeah. shake it as much as possible, and <laughs> film your friends instead of it. So, yeah. Please, please. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously, that's the first thing. Yeah. If you can capture this thing somehow, some way, um, give us some perspective in the video or the photo. If there's something yeah, in the background. surroundings, yes, yes, yeah, yes. So we can see where it's happening, how big or small it might be. Give us the time of day in the video. Um, you know, and just tell us what's happening. Describe it as it's happening. Because I can't tell you how many, you know, videos I get where uh, someone will give me a 10-page explanation of what happened. And then I watch the video they send me and I'm like, what? That that mm-hmm. the, Something does not compute here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just as much context as you can give. Now, what I get a lot is I I was in the moment. I didn't even think to do that. Well, that's why I meant it goes right out the window sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. And I never fault anyone for that. Like with my sighting, it it was so deeply personal uh, that even if it, if I did have a camera on me, I probably wouldn't have taken it out Mm -hmm. to be honest. So I get it. I get it. Um, Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face or see a UFO. Mm -hmm. You know, that's true. (laughs) Oddly enough, they feel the same. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're they're one and the same. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's my biggest thing. Um, uh, file a report, either with mm-hmm. local law enforcement, just so it's documented mm-hmm. somewhere. I mean, they're not going to just ignore you. At least they shouldn't just ignore you. Um, or call the uh, call New Fork, the National yep. UFO Reporting Center, uh, where you know they take down every single UFO report. Doesn't matter how weird it is. Like that's what it's there for. 
um, for, yeah. sorry to interrupt for people who don't know that, or like, how does one, is there a phone number or a place to, to find, to call that? Yeah. Um, I don't have it on hand. However, okay. I'll I put it in the show the, notes yeah. and they have a, they have a website as yeah. well. You can, you websites can, probably best probably because you can just put in all the information they actually have. It's like a, uh, a form you fill out. Yep. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Well, yeah. Okay. Or, Honestly, like reach out to me. That's mm. what I'm here for. I'm here to hear your story. I I may pass it on to New Fork or someone else who can maybe help you try to find an explanation, but that's not what I do. I, I just want to hear the story. I want to preserve it and I want to put it in this huge database of cases that we can turn to and be like, wow, something is happening all over the world. Right. And that's what they get flaps from. Like we know this is happening yep. here, which people are seeing triangles or we know that it's happening here where people are seeing lights or a mist or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, and guess what? Maybe it turns out, well, they were testing ramjet engines or maybe it comes out that we don't know, but that's how people figure this stuff out or don't figure it out, you know, is having yep. the tools that they need to do. And that, that really does help. Yeah. It does. And, and it helps just to like have a conversation. I can't tell you how many people like came to me traumatized or scared about what they saw, but then connected with someone else who saw something similar. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes that's all they need is someone else to be like, yep, I saw this too. You're not alone. And yeah. uh, if that's like what I can contribute to this entire UFO thing, great. Um, I don't want to debunk a UFO case. I don't want to yeah. solve this. I'm not Fox Mulder. I, I'm just, I'm a listening ear. And uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I want to do is just show people how human these experiences can really be and that the person right next to you has probably seen something in their life that they also can explain. And, yeah, yeah. and that's beautiful to me. Like if that's what can connect us all, these weird experiences that that uh, remain a mystery, um, I think the mystery is worth it. Amen. Well, we were talking about this, speaking of the mystery, all these things, and Kevin and I kind of liked the same. One of our favorite entries was mm. tapping on the window. Mm-hmm. Kevin, you, you kind of summed it up. Yeah. Uh, there's a quote in that, in the tapping at the window story, which is, quote, it's kind of lonesome because you don't really have anybody you can talk to about it which you were just kind of saying Mm -hmm. a moment ago, Ryan, Mm -hmm. this is a universal statement, I think. I mean, do you find that the UFO community find each other and find a relief in knowing that they are not alone? And I think that's exactly what you just said. Yeah. But Uh, if they feel alone outside of you, like what should people be doing? Or what do you think, what do you think is the best thing other than reporting it like this? I think honestly, um, just listening, uh, if that is in the form of listening to a podcast or, you know, watching a documentary about UFOs, um, just kind of opening yourself up to that world and realizing that you're not the only one. Mm, uh, right. I, I think that's pretty cool, too. And look, like there's no getting around the fact that there's people out there who are either fantasy prone or of course. Uh, mentally unwell or are straight up just bullshitting you and lying to you. Yeah, just ways. grifters trying to fuck with you. you know totally, I mean? man. Like, that's always going to be a part of this this community, as it is with many other communities as well. So there will be people to take advantage of that, too. Um, so it's hard, and it's messy, and it's a very weird community to navigate. Um, like, who do you trust with this life-altering experience you had? Yeah, um, well, you you know that firsthand, you know? Like, yeah. Even people that you are close to, your friends, you go, hey, man, I saw this. <laughs> you fucking loser, you crazy fuck, <laughs> you know? And that is human nature. I'm not even I'm not even shitting on them. You know, I think it's human nature to see something, not, or, I mean, why you, they didn't even see it. So you see or saw something, you say something, and it's just easier to dismiss you than to uh, confront the what if. So to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And in today's world, you know, post 2017, where everyone is talking about UFOs, uh, uh, yeah. I can't tell you how much of a relief that has been. No matter where all of this is leading, this kind of mainstreaming of the UFO topic, uh, the fact that you can have an open conversation about it now, anywhere, at any time, 
um, is a huge step. Congress and, is having open conversations. Oh you God, know? it's and, crazy, man. And it's and, sad that more news outlets aren't reporting on it because it really right. is mainstream for finally. And I it feel is. like year after yeah. year, and we've had this conversation, you know, you and I have past few years here and there of, you know, you know, disclosure is a dirty word, but these things are coming out and it does feel like we're getting closer to something, you know, hopefully, mm -hmm. but whatever that is, I don't know. But I like that at least we can have those conversations without the constant eye rolls. Exactly. UFOs exist. I, I don't think there's any getting around that any longer. Even uh, pretending that the, the U.S. government wasn't. Uh, investigating him was uh, uh, was just stupid, you know. Mm -hmm. I think you know to think that they weren't doing that, and scary to think that people are seeing these things. We know they exist, and they weren't looking into it. Come on, you know. I know. <laughs> well, along the along these lines too, in a, in another uh, entry in the book uh, called Boy Scouts, Wiccans, and the New Jersey Triangle, which is also the name of my second jazz fusion record. So <laughs> I'm a little upset that they took that from me, but. Uh, Nonetheless, sorry. I digress. Uh, the author of that story talks about the, quote, close-minded among us, as we're mm -hmm. kind of saying, the eye rolls, as Brent just said. As an expert in the field, how do you generally approach this group? I mean, do you try to persuade, or do you generally just let it be, let it That's be? That's disgusting. Oh, uh, love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, going, I'm going the Lenin route with this, man. Like, let it be. I'm not out to convince anyone. I know UFOs are real. I know that there is there are things out there that just cannot be explained but i don't want to force that on anyone else mm. who is not ready to have like a fundamental change in their life um until you've seen it yourself like we mentioned earlier seeing is believing or if you've had that feeling i've had and many other witnesses have had um i don't blame you for not wanting to talk about it or even um you know, the, 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 what would you say? Uh, that it's even there, that it's a thing. Um, we fear the unknown. Yeah. And I think that's the, the real core reason that a lot of people don't want to have these conversations is because they're afraid that it could be real. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and, and that's <laughs> what if I find out threat. that I saw exactly what I think I saw, Ugh, you know, that's, uh, yep. A heavy well, you got to rethink a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, you know the 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 world. Unless they land and go, hi, can we give you some Bibles and things? The the you know, uh, the world's going to have a lot of things to rethink, and no for better thanks. or worse, you know. And and I'm not even meaning that in a rude way. It's just it 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 brings up so many different conversations in the world, and uh, that's for smarter people than me to discuss. But hey, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm going to. And that's what I that's what I love, Brian, about UFOs is like they shake everything up. Uh, they, they don't care about our religious institutions or our national borders mm. or our economics exactly. or our exactly. measly little thruster rockets like they just don't care. No. And I love that. I love that kind of punk rock. It's feel. our rectums or bust. And that's yeah, <laughs> all about them. And it's just like. No, it's you're like, right. You know, it's like, you know, it's the <laughs> anthill thing, you know, or well, yep. that's, that's terrifying to think of it that way, but you're right though. And, uh, for better or worse, that's what we're dealing with. And, um, I hope to one day understand it mm -hmm. and I don't know that I will, but my fingers are crossed probably my toes too. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. The world is yours. There's nothing off limits, money, travel, anything. What's the one event in the past that you, if you had unlimited help and access to, you would research? Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to have to go with probably the most obvious answer, and that's Roswell. One that you've done UFO uh, in the past, even. In, in, in I, I have done that. That's a good point. Yeah. No, that's um, good. I, there's absolutely. I would have went with my why my father watched Hee Haw, but that is a very different conversation. Mm. And had a Hee Haw hat. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, that's that's and it's one that um, still leaves a uh, you know a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths for on both sides of that conversation. You know, absolutely, dude. And it seems like every day there's a new explanation for what it could be. You know, the Air Force even put their stamp of case closed on it mm -hmm. with their explanation, which has been basically well. That just means that this needs to be researched further by right. <laughs> and you know, 
I I did investigate the Roswell UFO crash on a very limited budget. Um, mm. However, I'm still uh, investigating it. In fact, I um I recently acquired some materials from the crash site that were found within the past month um, that are going to be tested. Tasty morsels we're getting here. (laughs) Yes. From Roswell? From the Roswell UFO crash site. Roswell, Pennsylvania, though. It's very different. Very different. (laughs) Very different uh, crash. More of a Quaker type crash. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. These are just steel cutouts. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch. Oh, that's That's, exciting. Case solved. Case solved. That Um, is really exciting. Yeah, man. So, like, but again, like, testing these things that are found at purported UFO crash sites are, um, I I can't even begin to explain how expensive it actually is. Oh, right. You know, even to get people to want to do it or to say, give a stamp if they do find something weird. Yeah. Um, And and it's just, it's frustrating. But, um, so I... I'm in the process of working on something like that, but I'm not going to lie. Like it's not easy and it's not cheap. So if I had unlimited funds, I would get as many people out to that crash site as possible and try to find, because come on, like we can't pretend that the military found every single piece of whatever crashed out there. Right. Well, it's just impossible. That's that's true. And if I had unlimited funds, I would just buy a ranch and build a space hotel, but that's just me. Well, yeah, I think that's already been done. But God, anyway, enough with the space hotel. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, so I heard through a little birdie you might be working on another book. So we got s- some more uh, stuff from you to look forward to. Is that right? Yep, man. The work never ends. I came out with this one, and like the next day, someone was like, "So when's the next one come out?" I'm like, "Come on, <laughs> hey, wow. thanks, just, Dick. <laughs> yeah, come on." His name is Brent something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he sounds stupid. You've got lots <laughs> of irons in the fire, like books and everything. Where can everyone oh, find yes. you and what you got going on? And tell them about your, not only that, your shows you're on, your podcast. Give everyone your uh, your 411, your info. Where And we'll have, again, links to all this in the show notes. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, uh, I'm on the current season of Ancient Aliens. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying that. A show I've made fun of my whole life and... <laughs> They've somehow be? roped me in. Um, <laughs> but yes, we're on season 19. So it's not even ancient aliens anymore. It should just be called aliens because we're talking right. about like the Pentagon UFO stuff. Yeah, from like last yeah, year. yeah. Um, so yeah, you can catch me on there. Um, I'll be on the upcoming season of Mysteries Decoded, a show I host on the CW network. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm always writing, always podcasting and yeah, everything I do can be found right at my website, somewhere in the skies.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan, so much for yeah, coming on here. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for putting together another fantastic book. It's great. And hopefully we're going to have, again, links to that as well. Everyone pick it up, read it. And I think it's going to be eye-opening to see, even if you've not had an experience, what people are seeing as told from real people. Not, not always just coming from talking heads, but the people that have lived these things, it's a, it's important work that you're doing. Like I said, you didn't even mean to, and you've become an archivist of sorts. So that is, it's great work. And hopefully Thank everyone you. does that and goes, and then checks out all your shows and your podcasts. Cause they are fantastic. I tell you. Thank you guys. Well, thank you once again. And we are going to go to break and we'll be back with more hysteria 51. Man, it was so much better when Ryan was talking. <laughs> <laughs> Nation, we want pictures of your dogs. That's just a personal request from me, but while you look for a good one, let me tell you about something near and dear to mine, Brent's hearts. Your dog's health. You may have noticed lots of dogs suffering from health issues these days. Joints, odors, it's not good. Actress Katherine Heigl noticed these issues too, and after a ton of research, there was one place she found we can look to support any dog's health. Their food. So she created Superfood Complete. Food for your four-legged friend that's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet, including several superfoods vital to your dog's health. Her company, Badlands Ranch, also supports the Jason Debus Heigl Foundation, which has helped rescue thousands of dogs and place them in loving homes. Now, I know 
Brent has used Superfood Complete with his lovable meatballs, and they absolutely love it. He said it's easy to prepare. Both his guys grow crazy for it, and he loves knowing what he's giving them is healthy and full of ingredients that are actually beneficial to his little rapscallions. You can try it for yourself by going to BadlandsRanch.com slash hysteria and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-Ranch.com slash hysteria today. Brent, just blink at least once. I'm blinking many times because I feel like I'm in trouble. What? I'm sorry. I couldn't what? hear you over my awesomeness there. God, yeah. Awesomeness, awesome. Jesus Christ! Speaking of awesome, Ryan Sprague. Man, that was awesome, man. That was awesome. What yeah. a cool guy. He finally got rid of that restraining order, so you guys got to be on the same show together. Did that feel good? That felt good, right? <clears throat> I'm not supposed to say these things. Sorry. Jeez. Ah, you got to start filling out your writer, so I know what I can and can't say. Before uh, the, the only thing on my writer you need to pay attention to is the color of the M and M's. That is true. Speaking of M and M's, UFOs. Kevin, if you Mm. learned anything from this episode, what is it? It's that you got to have a game plan when you see stuff in the skies or underwater. Unidentified submerged objects are a thing also. True. So, um, I don't know, man. Like, do you think that you would have the wherewithal to – well, this is a twofold question. The wherewithal to to try to – do your due diligence and be in awe and also take the the video and the pictures and stuff you need. And then two, would you come forward and tell people? Uh, to the first one, I, like everybody else, would like to say that I would. But if it is something so overwhelming, you know, Ryan kept referring to how personal the situation is, right? And that is a very important yeah. part of and it. Yes. I, I have to imagine that if it was that overwhelming, you know. I don't know if I would have the wherewithal to point my camera in the right direction or, you know, uh, take the context as you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. Second, would I share with people? Yeah, I can't shut up. <laughs> I talk about shit yeah. that that troubles me or confuses me uh, ad nauseum. And yeah, you and are this constantly would be no coming different. to me talking about shit that no one gives a shit about. What was that? And the Beatles is what I was talking about. Oh. And uh, that's where that is uh, going. And uh, That's weird because, oh, man, I'm just, Wow. That's weird. My head just exploded. Did you see that? <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. that's not good for the health. Mm, uh, well. What about you, though? What would you do? Um, yes, I, well, I had, you know, I've, for better or worse, I come forward with things like that. And I've also had things I've come forward with that people just rip into and shit on and tear apart. And I go, well, that's my truth. That's what I saw. And I'm not making it up. And you can believe me or you're not. And that sounds great. But then you go, please believe me. You know, it's like a... Uh, like Dave Chappelle, you know, it's like, please believe no. me, that's silly, but it's true. Like you feel that way sometimes. And again, one of the things that drew me to a lot of uh, what's in this book is the same idea that I talk about on sad times, which is none of us are alone. Yeah. And this offers the way that he is um, uh, archiving or, or uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the, collecting these stories. Yeah offers people a chance to feel less alone and realize that they are a part of a community. And that, I I don't care if it's about UFOs, if it's about anxiety, whatever. Uh, Life is hard enough, but when you know that you're part of a community, uh, it it becomes just that much more bearable and easy. And that's one of the good things, and he started to bring this up, that's one of the great things about the internet, is for better or worse, no matter what you're into, there's a community. And um, a lot of times that's great, and a lot of times it's not. As we've seen, but that's neither here nor there, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's very good that you can you can go and talk to people and hopefully have non-judgment, you know, at least an outlet or a place to go. Yeah, and it's, it is hard because you are – I'm still skeptical of a lot of this stuff, but at the same time, I think why would everybody be bullshitting about this and also – um, it does force you to be like, well, I thought I had the world figured out. I, I have nothing figured out. And and I would, if I may speak for all of humanity, uh, I would guess that a lot you're, of us don't have who much. who we would choose, so go for it. Oh, yeah. is it me? Yeah. we. I did you it. There it wouldn't for be the, George the Clooney? Vote. No, no, it's oh, you. Okay, cool. Well, I, um, 
uh, well, wow, that's this is whew. anyway. All I think I don't know what to say. Oh, God, <laughs> uh, I just want more gray hair in my beard, so maybe I'll look like George Clooney, but it's not I working out. I have more so gray far. facial hair than you. I'm, you know, it's true. That's why do you guys? What did you say? It's not a contest, Brent. <laughs> now, if, if you'll excuse me, I'm trying to speak for all of humanity. Yes, keep going. I think that we all, to one degree or another, think we have X, Y, or Z figured out. Mm-hmm. And we probably have a lot less figured out than we think we do. Amen. Amen. Well, I think that's as good as anything to leave everyone on is uh, know that we don't have shit figured out, but we're trying. Trying. Keep trying. Keep trying. What is it that you always end sad times with? Uh, I always try to end it with saying that no matter the situation, there is always room for kindness and grace, even think, with yourself. Yeah, I think that fits in with all of this, you know, and no matter what you're going through and you've seen these things, you're not alone and uh, be good to yourself. And and I think good things will come to you and go check out this book and everything from Ryan, because it's definitely worth doing it mm-hmm. and check out sad times. Yeah. With non-Ryan. Non-Ryan. Yeah. Or uh, I can't think of the guy. Sorry. Who hosts uh, it. uh, it's the name? spokesman for humanity. That's me. right. Oh, yeah. Me. Kevin uh, K. Crisp. That's Kevin me. Crispin. All right, kids. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been Kevin. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Oh, no, he hasn't. <laughs> it was terrible. It's terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. We'll be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. Or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand join.